Welcome all to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Cape Joel, and joining me is my co-host, and he's been with me here for 30 glorious episodes and at least two commentary tracks. It's Matt, everybody. Hello! I was thinking before we started, I'm like, you know what, should we do something for 30? Should we make a big deal out of 30? And I think Matt and I both agreed that it came up way too goddamn quick. It did, yeah, it- it's just gone by so goddamn quick. 30, literally 30 weeks. Mm-hmm. And we haven't missed a single show since then. Even if we kind of messed up a show, we would still put something out. And even if Matt was away, we'd end up doing a show anyway. So I can say that's 30 consistent episodes that we have delivered to you. They might not always have been gold, but they were at least consistent. Yep, yep. That's the one thing you can always say about Joel. He's consistent. Even when he sucks, he's consistent in his sucking. <laughs> Badum tish. Maybe we will have to do something nice for, for 50 or 100 or something like that. I know people always like doing a video episode. Maybe if either Matt or myself can learn how the hell live streaming works on YouTube, I've looked into it and it seemed ridiculously complicated. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, too, is that because we record this so late my time and so early Matt's time, it's like, I don't want to be on goddamn camera. I look like shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in my freaking underwear and a tank top trying to do this show. Ain't no one want to see that. That ain't good for <laughs> nobody. No, that'll give us an 18-plus rating as well. Yeah, and with YouTube's new draconian jack-booted policies, you don't want them being like, mm-mm-mm, episode 50 of the comic multiverse, far too sexual, Joel in a tank top, no one can handle this. <laughs> there was a rash of STDs from people just watching the video. <laughs> if you're going to watch episode 50 of the comic multiverse, wear protection is all we're saying. Yeah, get your shots updated and... Play safe. Mm. So I don't know what you did with your week, Matt, but you know what I did last night? What was that? I uh, I took a chance. I watched that new UFC because I knew CM Punk was fighting. And, oh, man, was that a Cinderella story that uh, came up short. Were you following this at all, Matt, or did you not care? I don't follow any of that shit. <laughs> no, I guess you wouldn't. It, 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 it was a story that win or lose... It was going to be hilarious because he was a guy who was one of the hottest wrestlers at a time, got mm-hmm. famous and got over by basically saying, ah, the company's shit and it doesn't know how to work with a guy like me. He quit in real life. Like, he walked off and quit, mm-hmm. got, like, got like served his, like, actual you're fired papers on his wedding day, was suing the company for, like, a staff infection and some other stuff. And his big, like, rallying cry was, oh, I'm going to go work for UFC because they treat their athletes much better. Trained for four years to get a fight, and then his actual fight when he got it last night was over in, like, two minutes. (laughs) Not even two minutes. And and he didn't even get a punch in. (laughs) Yep. And that, that's the thing, like, that's hilarious, and if he won, it also would have been hilarious. The guy he took on, uh, Mickey Gall was his name, he's from New Jersey, he's 24 years old, he's like, you know, basically our age, and he took wow. out this huge superstar who made more money than him, so I thought that was just really funny. <laughs> well, it's like that, um, ah, uh, fuck, what's her name, that Ronda Rousey fight she had where she lost how she, like, like, the, the weeks leading up to it, she was, like, slinging shit at this woman, saying, oh, she's an accountant, she doesn't know how to fight. And didn't didn't she, like, get beaten in the first, like, 12 seconds of the match or something? Something like that. The moral of the story, people, is don't talk shit unless you know you can back it up. 
Yep. <laughs> or at least be like Brock Lesnar and take more than enough steroids to assure that you'll win. Yeah, just become a massive muscle-bound freak. <laughs> Brock angry! <laughs> Man, did you hear for the new Marvel movie there, to save some money on CGI, they're just going to paint Brock Lesnar green? <laughs> the only problem is, is Brock Lesnar started actually beating people up and they couldn't calm him down, and they're not going to cut that from the movie. Lest they, uh, they, just kept, they just kept shooting until the, he, he turned on the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> until the National Guard had to actually be called in to deal with him. <laughs> Uh, Brock like acting. Oh, that's great, Brock. We're glad you did. Now bring me chicken to eat. Brock likes chicken. <coughs> so that was my week. Pretty uneventful. Again, still uh, trying to get all my stuff in order for my New York trip in the beginning of October. What about you, though, Matt? Uh, how you been doing? Uh, my weekend was actually really busy. I participated in a live stream of a... Uh, rugby union grand final. Nice. I got I got to be a cameraman on that, and it, I was really excited for it. And then the rain came, Ooh. so I'm standing out on the field with camera on my shoulder uh, when it's pissing down rain, and it was a lot of fun. I, uh, I I actually know what that's like better than most people. I actually interned for a little bit at like the local. Uh, like public access, we didn't get to do anything cool as like rugby finals. You know what they made us do? Amateur women's curling finals. <laughs> you laugh. It went into double overtimes. Oh. <laughs> like our guy, like our handler who was out in the truck, we thought we were pissed. He was rocking back and forth because he was giving up his weekend too to be here. And he's like, I'll go out on the fucking ice and I'll end this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end this whole thing right now, you'll see. And I'm like, is anyone walk watching this? Could I just leave my camera and like I don't know, like go get a smoke <laughs> and a soda? Will anybody care if I leave? That's kinda like how I was. I was like, I'm just gonna leave this camera on a wide angle and I'm mm. just gonna walk off and I'm gonna get some alcohol. <laughs> and see if anybody notices. You, you said the shoulder thing. I was lucky when I was doing my camera interning for the worst stuff ever. I did the curling, as I mentioned, and they also made us do city council meetings. Yeah, small town city council <laughs> meetings. I swear to Christ, they argued for like two days straight about who had the worst potholes in the district and whose potholes should be fixed first. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing that yeah. happened. That's great. <laughs> in fact, depending on if these were backed up or anything, you can actually see uh, what is, you can actually see my camera work. <laughs> cool. If I did a good job or not, you can critique me, Matt. Be like, mm, I give you a C plus. You could have done yeah, better. Lo lots of rack focuses and Dutch angles. And <laughs> you were getting way too artistic. And what's with all these star wipes? <laughs> and star wipe and star wipe again. So uh, there was not a hell of a lot of news that came out of this week. There's some stuff we're going to talk about eventually, but I figured, you know, at first, because it is the 30th episode and everything, let's take some questions uh, from the fan community, from the comic multiverse universe, and see what they have to say. Uh, I put it out on Twitter around 2 o'clock today. It's about 10 o'clock now, my time. So you want to hear what the fans had to say uh, there, Matt? Sounds good. Okay, so uh, Soapy and Phil, who actually comes out to quite a few of my live streams, I've been playing Nuka World for the last couple of weeks, so I know him. He asked, how do you guys feel about the Booster Gold movie being outside the DC uh, universe, or like the established cinematic universe? One, I didn't know they were still moving ahead with a Booster Gold movie, so this is news to me. 
Yeah, well, yeah. the thing is, it's being written by Greg Berlanti. Oh, well, in that case, you gotta push it through, then. You don't want Greg to be upset with you for whatever reason. <laughs> nah, I, I shit on Greg Berlanti a lot, but no, he's actually doing pretty good on TV right now. I think he's redeemed himself with his work on stuff that I actually like. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it being outside the universe, though. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want people to ask forever. It's like, well, when is Booster Gold going to join the Justice League? When's Booster Gold going to join the Justice League? He's really funny and really cool. Yeah, well, and uh, and another thing, like, you're not going to be bogged down by that whole gritty DC universe, cinematic universe thing they got going on at the moment, so they can actually do a fun... Mm-hmm buddy cop type thing with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. I mean, you are free to be funnier, and if they're smart, they'll let Booster Gold be like the Deadpool movie for the DC Universe. Like, have him joke about Ben Affleck and everything, and have him joke about stuff that happens in the future. Yeah. Where it's like, man, can you believe Henry Cavill became president of the United States? Yeah, neither can I. (laughs) They changed the Constitution just for him. Now there's a giant statue of Henry Cavill in Times Square. <laughs> he ended up being the greatest president ever. I know, I'm shocked too. So-so actor, great politician. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? So I, I, I hope you liked that, Soapy and Phil. Now, next up we have from Jack, who also goes by Hoodlum Rogue. Uh, he asks us, what inspired you guys to make a YouTube channel? This is a pretty good question. I think I've talked about this at length. I'll let Matt talk about this first. What got you on YouTube, Matt? Yeah, I just wanted to review comics. Yeah. I like comics. I want to review them so people can see if they like them and maybe pick them up. Yeah, that's a, that's a really solid answer. And, you know, my story, equally, you know, I, I started off on YouTube. I wasn't even a comic book guy when I started off on YouTube. I was a movie guy. I thought I would review, you know, the that week's DVDs that came out. You know, I thought I would have a DVD review show because I was like, you know what, everyone reviews new movies. I'll review, you know, the movies that came out on DVD and I'll talk about the special features and I'll talk about everything that happened there. Thank Christ I didn't stick with that considering how <laughs> dead Blockbuster and DVDs would be in the span of just a few more years. Yep, yep. <laughs> I also liked superheroes and liked superhero movies. I uploaded a very scathing review of Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern when that came out, and the rest, as they say, is history. Flash forward five years, and I'm here now talking to you. (laughs) I think everyone released a scathing review about that movie. Yeah, who didn't? At this point, it'd be weird if you didn't release a scathing review, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds released a scathing review of that movie. It was called Deadpool. (laughs) Man, I'm sure I told you this. There's a deleted scene in Deadpool when I got the DVD, ironically enough, where he gets even meaner about uh, Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He says, and then a man in a suit comes to you, and you want to believe him, and he tells you that he's going to make you a superhero, but they can't possibly make the date, and then the suit is CG, and all this other stuff, and I'm like, wow, he got even more telling in that joke. <laughs> it's it's when Colossus tries to recruit him for the X-Men on the bridge and he goes off on this whole spiel and I'm like, geez, that's even meaner than the joke they all had previously <laughs> it's probably my favorite of the deleted scenes it's just that good that's great, and I can understand why it was cut though <laughs> yeah, really, where it's like, ooh, we're getting a little too mean on this one, but the fact that they shot it and it almost made it into the movie is pretty freaking great yeah, that is cool 
So uh, next up, we have the Rye TV who asks us, if you finished the first season of Preacher, what was your overall thoughts and or ideas for the next season? I didn't finish Preacher season one. I got very close to the end. Then I got busy with other shit and I haven't finished it yet. I finished it and I thought it was fucking amazing. Really? You really liked it? See, now I think that makes you a lone voice on this one. I know a lot of people weren't digging on it near as much. So t tell me what you liked about it, Matt, and uh, you can answer this one. Oh, wow. Um, well, first I was kind of shocked that it was made by, obviously, Seth Rogen and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Evan Goldberg. You know, they're two guys who you know from, like, comedies and stuff, not kind of serious sort of things. And... Uh, I think what a lot of people hate about it is that they changed a lot of the stuff from oh, the comics. Yes, they do. And Seth Rogen and that have come out and said they had to because there's just stuff that couldn't be put on film. Mm -hmm. And and it's changes and it's it's not changes like that. Oh, they made Jesse Custer a different race and a different gender. You know, it's not stuff like that. It's but they stuff cut that his hair though, sense. Matt. They cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff that actually makes sense. Actually, they cut his hair, but then they continually make jokes about how oh, I liked you better yeah. when you had long hair. Yeah, yeah, and and we and we get flashbacks to that hair as well. So. We do. We actually do. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people were so turned off by the first episode they didn't keep watching. I think there is some interesting stuff there in Preacher. Yeah, and it was really nicely shot and uh, good CGI and mm -hmm. good fight scenes and everything. Uh, the guy who plays Cassidy is a revelation. I hope oh that my dude God. gets more work. Yeah, he he was in um, Misfits, British superhero show, and he um, was in that uh, lockdown, lockout space movie yeah, with the prisoners. Yeah, yeah, that movie that's not Escape from New York. Yeah, which not Reverse Escape from New York. Yeah, <laughs> which I actually went back and watched that movie just because I liked that dude's performance so much. I'm like, what else is that dude in? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Cassidy is amazing in this show. Absolutely amazing. I guess for the finale, I didn't see it, but I'm probably going to see it anyway. What what happened, and what do you think is going to happen in season two? Oh God, I, I watched the the finale when it when it aired, and that was a while ago. So I'm kind of blanking on what happened in it. Um, oh my God, what happened in it? Um, I think Jesse's leaving town. Oh. Oh, um, the, the Santa Killers is coming after him, I know that. Really? So it took an entire season for them to actually get the Saint of Killers after him when in the comic that's like issue one or two? Yeah, no, well, they're doing a slow burn on it. They do like flashbacks to his, him in like 1886 oh, or something. Oh, I remember those. They gave him like a whole story arc. They front-loaded the show with uh, Saint of Killers origin. Yeah, yeah, they um do a bunch of that throughout the the latter half of the season as well, and then he he, he appears in present time coming after Jesse. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope that answered your question. Uh, next up, we have one from Sec Twenty Two, and he asks, "Do you think we'll get a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan movie in Phase Four, uh, so on and so forth?" Uh, I mean, really, after Captain Marvel, anything is possible. Isn't she part of that new Warriors group that's getting a movie, uh, TV show made or something? Squirrel Girl is part of it. I don't know. Is she supposed to be part of that too? Is, is, is I think so. I don't know about it. Or apparently there's rumors where the, t the team got leaked and it's Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, um, Speedball, right. uh, Night Thrasher. That would be weird to see Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel on the same TV show together when they haven't even really interacted in the comics at all. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. It, it will be. You know, it's interesting. There was, I'm sure I talked about it on the show, there's an Avengers annual 
where they joke about fan fiction stories, and one of the fan fiction stories yeah. is Squirrel Girl meets Miss Marvel, and they just kind of stand and don't do anything because, like, oh, we didn't know what to write. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea on paper, but do you have a pitch for the two? We don't have a pitch for it. <laughs> Please, by all means, pitch us an idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think anything can happen. I mean, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan's already going to be on one of those terrible animated Marvel cartoons, so maybe she'll get to be in something live-action and cool. Yeah, that'll be really cool. They, they, those animated shows are terrible. They are, and it's like, look, I know if you're of a certain age, you probably like them because you have nothing else to compare them to. They are very much not for us, is the thing, and Marvel pretty much says, if you are older than 10, this show is not for you. <laughs> That's true. It's the same with, like, Teen Titans Go. It's baby's first Marvel is what it is. All those shows are baby's first. And, you know, when you're raking in money hand over fist with movies that appeal to everybody, maybe you can afford to appeal to the lowest common denominator in your cartoons. Yeah. Though that being said, I'd really like if they made something that, you know, more people could enjoy, more mass appeal. Yeah. And, I mean, DC's guilty of it as well. Like, you just mentioned Teen Titans Go and, assumedly, Justice League action. Like, I don't want to judge it because it's not out yet, but it definitely looks like it's going in a very similar direction. Yeah, when does that come out? Well, they uh, they have the sizzle reel and trailer and everything at Comic-Con. I imagine it's got to come out fairly soon. Uh, I'll be interested to see what that's like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely keep your eyes peeled to the channel. We'll be talking about... Ooh, speaking of shows that are coming out... Uh, Cartoon Network had a new pilot tonight. It was called Son of Zorn. It's, uh, what's his face? Oh, is that, is that out? Yeah, I think it's out tonight. I've, I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah, it's really funny. It's the it's Rick and Mor it's the dad from Rick and Morty and Cyril Figgis from Archer playing like a Conan the Barbarian meets He-Man dude who goes from his cartoon world to the real world to meet his ex-wife and he's like a real idiot and he's like a schlubby dad and everything and Tim Meadows is dating his wife right now. It looks really funny. Yeah, yeah, I saw like a um, trailer for that during Comic-Con and yeah, it looked really funny, really interesting as well. Totally, a blend of animation and live action which they don't do very much. Yeah. I think it has all the potential to be really good. In fact, if that does come out, I'm going to review that on my channel. I know people who see me for my TV and cartoon reviews, it's just like, wow, Julie, you've been doing a lot of Steven Universe. Yeah, because Steven Universe is the only thing that comes out. <laughs> in fact, We're I'm in those dead months where there's like literally nothing on TV and everything mm -hmm. starts coming back at the end of September. I know. We're going to have Flash and Shield and Legends. I mean, we're going to have so much TV, I'm going to have to decide what's worth reviewing or not. Do I want to keep mm -hmm. up? with Legends, even though that shows infuriates me, or do I just want to do Flash and then do Legends and all the other stuff as it becomes important due to crossover? Did you hear Jonah Hex is coming back? I did hear that. I did hear it, and I don't know what to think about it. On He's one just going to stand around for the episode again and do nothing. Growling in a way that Jonah Hex shouldn't growl because he shouldn't sound like that. Wearing a Confederate <laughs> uniform that no one, even the black member on the team, cares to ask. Why is, it? Why is that guy wearing a Confederate uniform? <laughs> also dressing like the Road Warrior for some reason, too, with a bunch of ammo bandoliers and a weird shoulder piece that Jonah never had in the comics. <laughs> I'm really conflicted about Jonah on TV, because on one hand, I'm like, yay, a character I like is on TV. Maybe they can parlay this into some new comic stuff. And yet, on the other hand, it's like, boo, he's fucking awful. <laughs> I would hate for this Jonah Hex to get popular and then be like, okay, let's write a new Jonah Hex comic, but make him like the guy on TV, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want them to arrow Jonah Hex. 
<laughs> I don't want them to come out with a show that's just called Hex. I wonder, I wonder if they're even going to like bring up the whole fact that, hey, we're back in the Old West and like half our team is minorities. And they didn't. People, people back then don't like minorities. They didn't in the episode he was in, which was infuriating because the best episode they had done in Legends was one when they went to like 1950s Smallville America. Yeah. Not, not Smallville the Superman town, but like Smallville Pleasantville, like the movie. And that was the thing there. It said, like, wow, members of our team are actually facing adversity and stuff that they can't punch. And it was actually really clever and really cool. And then they go to the Wild West and everyone is super accepting. (laughs) Everyone is shockingly accepting in the Wild West. We see they didn't actually go to the Wild West. They went to the Wild, like, Wild West Vancouver. So everyone, everyone, because it was Canada, everyone was accepting. They went to a Wild West theme park. They just thought they went back in time. They went, they went to Westworld. Oh, Westworld. Westworld I haven't, I've heard about Westworld. I haven't had time to watch the trailers yet, but a lot of people are excited for Westworld. It looks so amazing. I'll have to watch the trailers when I'm done here. Speaking of TV, Matt, this is actually a perfect uh, segue because Elijah Green asks us, what are your three most anticipated comic book TV shows this fall? Supergirl. Supergirl, definitely Luke Cage, which we'll be getting yeah, very well, soon. Yeah, yeah Luke, a couple of weeks. Luke Cage, The Flash, and uh, and yeah, I guess Agents because they seem to be, com- once again, they seem to be completely blowing up that show and turning it into something totally different than it was than it was before. Yeah, it got a new rating this week as well. Did it really? Yeah, it's no longer TV PG. It's TV 14 or something. Whatever. I don't know what that means because our ratings are different over here. So I guess yeah. I, guess, I guess it's a little more hardcore. And I mean, geez, just just to see uh, Robbie Reyes in it should be cool. Yeah, his car looks awesome when it's on fire. As it should. As it totally should. Now, Patrick, also known as Nimrod Canada asks us, outside of cancelling the event, how would you guys improve Civil War 2? Actually have the books come out in time? That would be nice. We're getting into a horrible situation now, and we'll talk about it in what we read this week, where the comics are starting to make reference to events that haven't happened yet. Yeah, it's much like Secret Wars. Mm -hmm. And I mean, much like original Civil War, too. I mean, you can't say this is anything new. Apparently Civil War is just cursed and never come out on time. Yeah, I I don't know why they why they try to do these events when they know obviously that they're going to have troubles with certain things. This uh, this one is especially sillier because if you recall, they wrote this in like four months. Yeah, I would fix it by maybe giving them eight months to work on it, or if you only had four months to work on it, don't have it be an eight to ten issue series. I'm counting the zero issue and the free comic book day issue. Maybe make it short. How about that? Maybe make it only like. Four issues. Yeah, four issues and just do a bunch of tie-ins with the writers of those comics. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, it's just, I mean, this is this is the definition of just a poorly handled event. And the worst thing about it is outside, like, certain books like Thor or Ant-Man or Daredevil, you can't get away from Civil War too. So it's, like, bleeding over into books you do like. Mm-hmm. And yep. hijacking stories, although really I, I wouldn't even use the word hijacking because most of the writers have just drawn a line in the sand and said, look, we'll make reference to your event, but we're not doing anything with it. Yeah, it's really one of the reasons why I'm, I've sort of stopped picking up a lot of Marvel books. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick them up once uh, Civil War sort of winds down and everything mm. and everything goes back to normal. But during events like this, once the main event book starts getting 
uh, like pushback and everything. You can't really pick them up without spoiling stuff or yeah. ha making them reference to events that haven't even been seen in comics yet. Or yeah. Uh, another thing is obviously because we know what post Civil War two is going to look like. I think that hurt it as well. Where it's like, mm -hmm. well, why do I even need to finish reading this event now? I know where everything is going, and I know what new teams are going to be formed. Yep. It it feels like work now is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the just the the push to the finish line just mm -hmm. so you can get it over with. It feels like eat your cauliflower and then when you're done you can have some Turkish delight, but you gotta eat your cauliflower <laughs> first. Civil War Two is the cauliflower of comic book events. <laughs> and you can put that on the back of the box if you want. Joel of the comic multiverse says Civil War Two is the cauliflower of comic books. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with cauliflower. Like, again, it's a beautiful-looking comic, and cauliflower is a beautiful um, weed, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I'm not going to call it food. I'm never going to call it food, but it's a weed, I guess. Uh, Tom Wyatt, who, uh, oh, oh, Tom Wyatt is Fat Snorlax. You know that thing on Twitter, how it's like, there's your screen name, then there's your at name? Yep. And sometimes they're different. Okay, Fat Snorlax has been a fan for a long time. I know him. Uh, he asks us a truly important question, a question for the ages. Pepsi or Coke? Oh, man, don't make me choose. I I've stated this before, and I'll state it again. I lived in a Coke house the entirety of my life. Everyone drank Coca-Cola. It was Coca-Cola all day, every day. So when I became a teenager, my way of rebelling was to drink Pepsi because that's how Canadian teens rebel by drinking different types of soda than their parents. Well, you know, Coke is best mixed with bourbon because Pepsi with bourbon tastes like shit. So that's, Coke, that's, Coke. <laughs> again, that's the thing, too. If you're a drinker, you can't make rum and Pepsi. You can't make liquor drinks with Pepsi. Coke is the ultimate drink mix. Yep. But I do like the taste of Pepsi, though. What I like about Pepsi is it has an aftertaste, is the thing. You get that undeniable Pepsi aftertaste. <laughs> Some people know what I'm talking about. Other people think I'm crazy. You remember those ads? I'm sure you do, Matt. I'm sure they had them in Australia like they do here. The, like, Pepsi's Taster Challenge where it's like, you know, can you tell the difference between Coke or Pepsi? Yeah, yeah, we had them. I always thought that was so stupid because I'm like, I can always tell the taste of Pepsi. It's undeniable. Coke is more syrupy, too. That's true. That's true. It's thicker and more syrupy. Now, that being said, not drinking a lot of soda anymore. As people have noticed in my videos, I've lost some weight. A lot of that is just because I've cut that from my diet completely. I still drink it like when I go out to a restaurant or McDonald's mm -hmm. or something, but I've made it like a treat now. Yeah, I, I hardly drink soda either. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. What about energy drinks? Do you drink the energy drinks? No, I don't, actually. No, neither do I. I stay away from that. I've seen way too many people go down the dark path of energy drink addiction. And then they become weird and full of energy and try and kill people. They become too weird and too extreme, man. They're <laughs> skateboarding at 3 in the morning, man. They're rock climbing <laughs> on Christmas. It's the nuttiest thing, man. I've seen the dark face of energy drink addiction. Yeah, those kids in their jolt collars. By the time he was done with all them monster and rock star energy drinks, he wasn't even my best friend anymore, man. <laughs> He I was, didn't even know him, man. <laughs> he, he was so amped, he had been up for a solid week doing extreme sports and doing other extreme things. And playing Halo on the Xbox with his Doritos and Mountain Dew. By the end, he was so jaded, all he could do was crush up a bunch of extreme Doritos and shoot them directly into his taint hole, man. <laughs> the only way he could get that ride is what I'm telling you. <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, next up in terms of questions, we have Wade McCarley, yet again another longtime fan, longtime listener, asks us, with Robbie Reyes on season four of S.H.I.E.L.D., will we see a Ghost Rider villain on the show, and if so, who would it be? Hmm, that's a solid question. Who's these villains? I have, I literally don't really know anything about uh, Ghost Rider, let alone Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider. Well, this is fitting because we got a question later on in the thread from uh, Warren Allen Dent. He was asking, would it be weird if uh, Ghost Rider was to fight the villain Mr. Hyde? Because Mr. Hyde actually was Robbie's first villain in the comics, but obviously in the TV show, we've already seen Mr. Hyde, he's Sky's dad, and they've gone a completely different uh, direction with him. Well, they could always bring him back. They could Since always. They did, they, they did the the Tahiti thing to it. It could always, like, malfunction, and mm-hmm. he could start to remember it, stuff and everything. That's totally a thing they could go, especially by the looks of it. We're jumping in time a bit. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if uh, if Sky, if, uh, if uh, what's-her-face, uh, is maybe feeling a little angry with S.H.I.E.L.D. if she's gone a little off the reservation, what's stopping her from maybe working with her dad and maybe undoing the Tahiti stuff? Yep. That would actually be kind of interesting to be like, okay, and now he's fighting Robbie, but he's also helping his daughter. That would kind of be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, all the other Ghost Rider villains are all like, you know, Johnny Blaze villains. So like Mephisto and Blackheart and Blackout and Blackie Blackston and all those other guys. (laughs) He has a lot of villains with black in them. It's very strange. Oh, the Marvel Scarecrow, but not the Marvel Scarecrow who's a Spider-Man villain, yet another villain who is called the Scarecrow, but is not the Batman Scarecrow. Oh, Jesus. There's a video, all the different scarecrows. There's like five of them across comics. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like writers couldn't be creative enough. So it's like, what should this guy be? I don't know, scarecrow? <laughs> uh, what else do we got going on here? Oh, here's one from K.E. Taylor. Which comic character would you want to read a death of story for? This is this is a good pitch because, you know, death of stories, they're either really good and unexpected like the death of Wolverine or, you know, you just know they're going to be fake outs like Batman R.I.P. Yeah. Um, hmm. Who's a character? I would want to pick someone who hasn't died before and someone who I know they wouldn't bring back right away. Like, you know, if you said tomorrow, oh, we're doing death of Spider-Man, I'd be like, okay, how long until he comes back? <laughs> They already uh, did Death of Captain America, and it was pretty great. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, oh, I, I, t- I tell you who would like. I'd like to see, like, a Death of Doctor Fate. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what, what happens to a magical man when he dies, when he exhausts Yeah, and you could get, options. like, the, inspe- the Spectre involved and everything. And I- I'm just thinking to myself, cool. too, there are so many great stories out there that you might as well call Death of. Like, All-Star Superman might as well be called Death of Superman, because that's what kicks it off when he's told he was going to die. Yeah, it's like the final story of Superman, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Captain America, his death, he got an amazing death story. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else I'd be willing to kill. Um, original Sin might as well have been death of original Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Can't kill off, uh, what is it, uh, Xavier. He's been dead for a while now. Yeah, that's surprising. Well, can't, not really. Can't kill off original Cyclops either, because apparently that's what Death of X is going to be, and they're going to kill him off there. <laughs> 
I don't want to kill off Black Panther because it feels like he's just getting started and he's got a movie coming up. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really too sure. It's tough to put death on someone, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's just tough to think of characters that maybe who already haven't had one of the stories like that. Have they killed Matt Murdock? Well, I guess they've like metaphorically killed yeah. him off during Shadowland, and I really don't want to do that shit again. I'd like to see like a, a like a last stand of the Punisher or something. They've done that a couple times in in Max at the end of the Jason Aaron run. That's basically what it was. Yeah, that's true. And that was a really good story too. Um, shit, this is tougher than I think. They did a death of Deadpool, and it was really awesome. But it was also a total fake out that you could see from a mile away. Yep. Man, I don't know who to kill. Death of Cable. Why not? Let's kill Cable while we're at it. <laughs> He'll be back. He's from the future. It's all good. There you go. There's your answer, Warren. We're going to kill Cable. Let's do his death. Although, actually, isn't Cable sick, so hasn't he been dying for a long time? Doesn't he have, like, some weird virus? Yeah, probably. There you go. He's got to die from the virus, but he fights his way back for it. Uh, Coleman Cottenham asks, do you think Marvel will ever truly reboot their universe? Now, that's a good question. Because we were all certain they were going to at the end of Secret Wars, and then they just kind of didn't. Yeah, it kind of just went back to normal with a couple of changes here and there. Mm-hmm. I've said, said it before, and I'll say it again. What does Marvel actually seek to gain from rebooting instead of, like, you know, putting out a bunch of new number ones, which they do anyway willy-nilly? I mean, what, get stuff closer to their movies and TV shows? They do that already, too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not the same as uh, with DC. Um, who reboots who, so often you expect it every five to six years. Yeah, yeah, Marvel have only just kind of started doing like semi-reboots. Mm -hmm, like right. rebooting certain books or something. And I mean, geez, like do you want to see them retell Spider-Man's story all over again? Do you want to see them retell Captain America's story all over again? Do you want to see the meetings of the Avengers for the first time? Yeah, it's it's you can't really do it with their universe. With with DC's you kind of can, but Marvel's you kind of can't. If 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 I may be pretentious for a second and disappear up my own asshole, uh, because the DC characters are in many ways these mythic, almost Olympian figures, they lend themselves better to first meeting stories where it's like, oh, here's the first time the Trinity got together. Oh, this is this writer's take on you know these characters meeting for the first time. That's so awesome. You know, it's like if Zeus hanging out with Hercules and Achilles and all these other guys. But for Marvel, because they've always been so much more grounded and down-to-earth and more human and everything, it's like, oh, it's the first time the Avengers got together with, you know, Captain America getting thought out and everything. And it's like, well, we've seen these stories referred to millions of times. Yeah, exactly. You, you got it right the first time. Why do you want to do it again? Yeah, exactly. Is my thing. You know, I don't know what new things you could bring to it that they haven't already done. And the thing, too about Marvel and their thing with continuity is even if they flash back to something from like the early 60s the events will be the same but they'll uh, uh, like update the dialogue balloons if they have to yeah exactly they'll or make it look more future, like older or something like obviously the new artists and everything and mm -hmm. stuff like that and like alternate views and everything yeah because I mean uh, 
what is it, a Marvel are masters of the sliding time scale. Mm-hmm. Is there a thing? Whenever someone asks, hey, when was the last Civil War? A couple years ago. Hey, when did the Fantastic Four come back from their space adventure? A couple years ago. When did Captain America die? A couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It's always a couple years ago. It's like the Simpsons with their origins. It's always on a sliding time scale. Yep. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Uh, John Smith asks, if you had to make a comic book with absolutely no limitations, what would it be and what would it be about? I think you and I have pitched this idea quite a few times, Matt. Let's tell a Batman story where he doesn't have Alfred to help him. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So like, are we are we open to doing any character or does it have to be an original character? Again, he says anything. No limitations mean no limitations. Oh, man, I'd do a Superman story right off the bat. Of course. I'm sure you have several in the back of your head. I'm sure you've got a great elevator pitch. Eh, I, I've got a couple, but a lot of them are like, this is a movie script and this is a... A TV show or something, but I'd do one with just like Superman saving Metropolis, like fighting Metallo or something, just classic Superman stuff. I know I've always said my Superman pitch is I would like to see Superman enter more of a uh, Jor-El-esque role to Earth, being like, you know, I'm going to be super scientist too. Like maybe, like maybe he gets the same grim prediction about Earth, like you know, Earth's core is going to explode and everything, and Earth's going to be a new Krypton. So Superman has to rush around and try and, like, you know, put, like, ecological problems to rest to try and save it. I thought that would be an interesting thing. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be like, you know, my dad had a bunch of shit he had to overcome, but he wasn't super the way I'm super. I I also, like, it's sort of also been touched in, like, the comics, and I think the animated series did as well, where, like, Superman is... He's obviously trying to help the world, but he's trying to cure cancer as well with, like, all this technology and everything, but he can't, and just go about that whole thing is that this is the one thing he can't like save yeah like change or anything that would I think be, that'd be pretty cool yeah how does superman deal with failure that would be fun uh next up we have uh jose who's asking us are you guys thinking of playing against each other in injustice 2 when it comes out uh depends do you have a playstation format <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool then yes we're gonna get it for playstation 4 and we're gonna play it then expect that in the future well, that's if I decide to even get it. Yeah, I know, right? Ga- the games are always hit and miss. <laughs> it's true, and games are expensive these days, too. Like, I'll they get are. it. I might not get it when it comes out, though. Yeah, no, I'll wait a couple of months. <laughs> I don't know if people know this, but working on YouTube, we're, we're not Richie Rich is what we are. Yeah, and me as a college student is definitely not Richie Rich. You gotta spend that money pretty tight. I mean, heck, I will treat myself to Mafia 3 when it comes out because I have some money saved. But beyond that, like, I really kind of have to pick and choose what my big games are that I'm going to pick up. Yeah, uh, I'm exactly the same as you. Every now and then there'll be something I might have saved up for or buy, and mm-hmm. yeah. Also, remember to everyone, Matt is in Australia, and gamers in Australia are charged ridiculously absorbent amounts for games, for most oh, yeah. entertainment, but especially from games. Yeah, and it's gotten a little bit better recently, but still, it is, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, that's good. And, I mean, Canada, for Sony products, uh, ever since Sony's uh, stock took a dive here in Canada, there's been like a 20% markup on all things Sony. Oh, wow, that sucks. That does suck. And I'm like, so this is going to go away, right? This is going to go away. Okay, so it's not going away. Fuck. 
That's why they put up your PSN prices, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine so, which makes me glad that I bought a year's worth at Christmas last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will continue to do so. Uh, Leo Sparks asks, uh, not sure if I'm late to this one, but uh, what is the worst comic book movie you've ever seen? And we get asked this one a lot, and I think this is an answer that keeps changing. But uh, but how do you feel about this one, Matt? What would you say is the worst one you've ever seen? I don't know. There's some pretty bad ones out there. It's um, true. Wow. And there's so many of them. <laughs> I know, right? And here's the thing. Like, the worst one we say now might be different in a bit. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ. I would um, say Green Lantern is the most insulting. Yeah, it is. It's the most insulting. Because it has a full, complete, and utter misunderstanding of the source material. They had great source material to pick from, and it's clear they wanted this to help them build a new universe, so it fell completely on its face right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, Fanforstic is by far the most boring. Yeah, a boring for a superhero movie, which it shouldn't be. Like, it's shocking how boring that movie is. Yeah. Like, you have to try and aspire to be that boring, but somehow they did it. Yeah. Uh, Man of Steel definitely, I think, Matt and I would agree, makes us the most angry. Yep. <laughs> for what it does. <laughs> no arguing there. <laughs> we were promised that this would be the one, you know, this would be the Superman of our generation. This would be the one to put everything right and yet again kick off a brand new DC Cinematic Universe. Instead, we got mopey, dour, incoherent, murderous Superman. Yep. And they carried over into the sequel. Sure did. Of which, uh, of which they tried to, uh, as DC and Warner Brothers films seem to be trying to do now, make every movie a reaction to the last one and be like, yep. no, 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 it's okay, look, we're not going to destroy a whole city now senselessly. But we'll have Batman shoot people, though. And Superman yeah. will punch African warlords through walls. Yeah. And everyone will just kind of be a hypocrite to one another through the whole thing. <laughs> but Wonder Woman's cool, though. She sure yeah. is. Gotta, gotta love that violin-y rock guitar solo theme of hers. <laughs> I hate that so much. I, I love it because it's awesome. I don't like it because it doesn't match her. No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> it's an amazing piece of music, but it does not scream Wonder Woman when I hear it. No. <laughs> and I know I said before, I'm like, man, what a rockin' guitar solo. Someone apparently came back and told me that it actually is like a, like a violin cello. If so, that is the most rockin' violin cello I've ever heard. <laughs> Gotta plug your amp into it and everything. And, uh, yeah, with that, everyone, we've talked for about 40 minutes, and that, uh, that was all the questions. Thank you, everyone, who put questions up for this. Really appreciated that. I hope you like this little interaction. We'll be sure to do more of these in the future. Uh, we did actually have a couple news stories, but they're not even really news stories. They're kind of like one-and-dones, but I figure let's do this anyway, and then once we're done this, boom, we can hop on into what we actually read this week. And uh, awesome. the first piece of news here we have is the Shocker costume for Spider-Man Homecoming. Leaked, question mark? Is that what we saw, the real deal? I I don't know. It, it looked pretty real. It looks like, you know, a villain's first costume kind of mm. thrown together and... Yeah, it it doesn't look like a cosplayer's costume because if it was, we would have seen it in like con photos right. and stuff like that. If if it's a fake, then it's an immaculate fake. Yeah, someone went above and beyond. Which you know what? That's the problem, unfortunately, with fakes and stuff in the you know comic book movie scene right now. 
the fakers are getting so good now it's hard to keep track that's true like like if this is like a if if this is a horn swoggle if this is a Kansas City shuffle I got to take my hat off to this dude cuz it looks pretty good looks really good at it actually. does it does it looks like something some crappy D-list villain would fire together in their garage yeah that being said if it is the the, the movie costume it's pretty damn baller. Yeah, I mean, it totally passes the Joel test for whether or not a comic book costume is good. And for those of you who are new and don't know what that test is, if I can look at it and know instantly what character it is without you or anyone else having to tell me, then it's a good costume. And if so, this is undeniably shocker. Yep. Now all they need to do is get Jim Cummings to do his voice in the movie and I'll be happy. <laughs> Gotta get Winnie the Pooh to do his voice. That's that's my favorite shocker. That's my shocker. I, I also like this idea, too, if this means that Spider-Man is going to be fighting a bunch of smaller villains before actually fighting the main foe. I think that's good. I think that's them making up for lost time. Yeah, no, I heard people say that the, that shocker might be the crossbones of this film and just be like that sort of lackey henchman sort of thing and maybe being a sequel or something that's fine because you build up your team we've got vulture for certain we've got shocker maybe that means down the line you can actually do spider-man versus the sinister six yep and actually make it good and cool and awesome Mm-hmm. and, and then and it's cool that they're not going straight to like uh green goblin or mm. uh yeah hobgoblin or you know doc Ock or whatever they're taking their time yeah I wonder if they actually do get to Dr. Octopus. That's going to be a hard one to recast because I think all these years later it's going to be hard to beat Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. He was pretty cool. I'm interested to see exactly what they're going to do with that because I, I don't know whether he, uh, like, I think it was around the time um, Spider-Man 2 was being made, there was an Iron Man movie meant to be made as well and they were meant to say that his arms were made by Stark Industries. Huh. So I wonder if maybe they play that into it a little bit as awesome. like a reference to that. I've uh, I've got my casting in mind for Doctor Octopus if they ever do it. You get Mads Melkinson, you give him a bowl cut, and then there you go. That's your Doc Ock. Well, remember he's the bad guy in Doctor Strange. Ah, crap. That's fine. That's fine. He he can pull double duty. If Vin Diesel can possibly be the body of what is it of Black Bolt and the voice of Groot, he can play double duty. It's fine. <laughs> We'll give him. We'll give him a dirty bowl cut. It'll be great, and he'll just be this really intense, staring Doc Ock. Now you know what you do. You get Patton Oswald. Oh, oh my God! If that's the way you want to go with it, yes, let him act his ass off in that. Even though he's in Agents of Shield, so ah shit! It's but damn it, Marvel, stop casting all the good actors. You make funny fan casting harder because you actually cast these people. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Who? Other, what? Another creepy actor? Oh, uh, Vincent Castle is Doctor Octopus. Nah, he's been. He's gonna be Doctor Doom because he's being drawn as Doctor Doom in, when they in Invisible Iron Man. Yeah, when they eventually get the rights back to the Fantastic Four, Vincent Castle is Doctor Doom. I I would love that. We can dream, man. <laughs> as long as the comic book artists keep casting these roles for us, we can dream. <laughs> Uh, now, moving on from there, we got a piece of news here that I'm sure will hit with a wet thud. Did you hear that Alan Moore is quitting comics, Matt? He, he was writing comics before he 
decided to quit comics? That was I thought my... he quit. I thought he quit decades ago. Yeah, that was my response, and I'm sure the response of everyone online. Wait, he, he, he hadn't quit already. Wait, he's not dead? Seriously? <laughs> so yeah, Al, Alan Moore will take a break from not writing comics to continuing to not write comics. <laughs> This will, of course, free up his activities calendar so he can be more mad about the movies that have been made about his properties. Yep. And I'm sure once someone tells him what's happening with DC Rebirth, he can be mad about that, too. <laughs> oh, fucking no, seriously? Dr. Manhattan stole ten years? Fucking hell. <laughs> that's, that, that's, how he, that's how Alan Moore talks these days. And then he goes back into his cave. <laughs> oh, my, my magic cave will stay here for a bit. Unplug the phone so I can't get no more bad news. <laughs> Man, we joke about Alan Moore, but did you see his, like, I assume his daughter took a picture of him in that Zubat? Yeah, I, I, I think that was his daughter. I'm not too sure whether it was. <laughs> it was either his it's, daughter or it's his... It's funny. <laughs> Either his daughter or some young woman who Alan Moore has captive in his cave. Please send help. <laughs> but but she, but he allows her to play Pokemon Go. I can only imagine what that conversation must have been. Oh, what are you doing over there with your phone? Oh, I, I, I'm looking for magical animals. Oh, you know, the greatest conspiracy in life is that there are no magic animals around. That's that's the problem. <laughs> he just goes back to drinking. <laughs> so, Alan, you gonna write some comics today? No, no, don't feel like it. <laughs> you see, now I feel like an asshole, so now I'm actually gonna go look at Alan Moore's bibliography and see if he actually has written anything in the last little bit. It's just stuff we've never read. I think he has, like, a short comic or something come out recently or, or coming out recently. I'm not too sure, but... Other than that, I don't think he's done really much. Yeah, we didn't hear nobody talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> On his Wikipedia page, there's a whole thing of film adaptations. I'm like, oh, you mean those things he hates? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loves that on his Wikipedia page. It's like, hey, remember From Hell, that Johnny Depp movie? And that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie that made uh, oh, Sean Connery stop acting? That's a movie we got to do a commentary Ooh, on. Oh, yes. And that V for Vendetta movie, which actually kind of has its moments. It was pretty good. And that Watchmen movie, which I enjoy, but only the extra long cut version of it. And that, oh, that, that Yeah. Where they put all the shit back in. And that Batman the Killing Joke movie that was a movie. Uh, uh, that was sure a movie, wasn't it, Matt? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Has he written anything in the last couple of years? Okay, he was writing Providence from 2015 to 2016. What's Providence about? No idea. Is 12-issue limited series by Alan Moore, published by Avatar Press. But what's it about, though? Set, <laughs> I don't want to tell you. <laughs> set in 1919, it centers around Robert Black, a homosexual writer initially working in New York as a reporter for the New York Herald. Black takes a leave of absence from a journalism career with the intention of writing the great American novel, using the outsiders, perhaps occult outsiders, of whom he is on the trail of across England as a metaphor for social outsiders. Yep, sounds like an Alan Moore work. <laughs> <laughs> it got it got great reviews from the website Comic Book Roundup that I've never heard of. I, I didn't even know it was like a comic. Neither so. did I. And especially coming from something like Alan Moore, you think it'd be everywhere. 
Yeah, apparently this book takes reference from H.P. Lovecraft mythos. Okay. Oh, so it looks really weird and uh, makes sense from Alan Moore. We got a giant squid monster at the end of Watchmen. We we gotta battle the great old old ones, Matt. The evil tentacle monsters from across time and space. (laughs) Who they want to tentacle us, I guess, with stuff. They're they're unknowable, but that's definitely what they want to (laughs) do. I can tell you that much. So, yeah, everyone, there's Alan Moore not writing comics anymore. Do, do with that what you will. Uh, next up, we have uh, confirmation that Joe Mangatiniano, Joe Mambo Italiano, is going to be playing Deathstroke in that Batman film. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We didn't get Superman roles, so they just cast him as a mercenary. I swear, DC Warner Brothers, they just have like a Rolodex of people. It's like, okay, you didn't get to play Superman, you didn't get to play this role. Well, here you go, you can play this role then. Yep. <laughs> or or it goes in reverse. Oh, you played Superman? Well, now you get to play t- budget TV Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, ugh, sad but true. I mean, this guy's clearly done a lot of TV work and a lot of movie work. I can't say I'm very familiar with his stuff. Are you? Yeah, he was in that David Ayer movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger pretended to be an actor still. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really act anymore, he just pretends. <laughs> but he's the best at pretending to act. Um, I haven't really seen... He was in, I think he's in those Magic Mike movies. Oh, right, okay. I, I think so. It could be someone else, I'm not too sure. Right. Um, he, he's not McConaughey, yeah. he's not Tatum, and he's not uh, freaking Kevin Nash, so he's the other guy. <laughs> yep, that's the guy he is. It's it's amazing to think they already have this role cast and clearly costume tests, which must have been what we were shown there in that little short clip of Deathstroke, that the Batman movie is already that far along. Well, he's probably going to be in Justice League, because, yeah, you know, they, they love doing that thing where they put like some noble character like KG Beast or, you know, someone like that in a movie where he has no real right to be in. Right. I also like... Like, like a cameo or something. I also something. really, really respect you, Mac, because you use the words noble and KG Beast in the same sentence. <laughs> I think that's the first time that's ever happened in the history of man. Oh, people know him now as the guy who got blown up by Batman. Uh, and they'll know him when the next issue of, uh, whatchamacallit, All-Star Batman from Scott Snyder comes out because he's going exactly. to be the goal in that. He actually looked to have been given a great redesign. Yeah, exactly. Everyone will like him suddenly. Let me let me give you another first. I'm super excited to read this KGB story, said Joel of the Comic Multiverse, being the first time anyone ever said those words either. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm interested. So yeah, I mean, that's cool. We really can't say much more about it, because all we've gotten is a costume test and nothing else. Everything is just speculation. Yeah, we don't know how he's going to play the role. Or anything like that, so yeah. Yeah, well, the story is. Uh, the last piece of news we had, and this is kind of a funny one. So remember last week, Matt, we put on a big spiel complimenting the costume works of Axel Braun and why we liked it so much? Yes. Well, apparently word reached back to Axel Braun, and he liked a bunch of k- tweets that he was mentioned in with our podcast and everything. So, hey, oh. maybe, maybe we can get Axel Braun in the future. It'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, actually. I have many of questions that I want to ask him, and because this actually became a reality, I went out of my way to go see his Suicide Squad Triple X movie, too. <laughs> and man, the costumes were great in that. 
<laughs> and the casting was also pretty great too. Uh, Asa Akira played Katana, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the costumes are great. They're only on for a second, but they're all great. <laughs> but when they're on, man, they're on. I tell you. <laughs> well, that's got, we have to ask them about that too. It's like so you put a lot of time and effort in your costumes, making them really good and making them really comic accurate, and then your actors take them off. <laughs> you ever you ever think about that? I want to I want to know what he does with them after that. Like whether he keeps them in storage or like puts them on like like has them on like the mannequins that and everything. Cool. Uh. Man, he could open up a museum. Yeah. <laughs> Charge two bits a gander to come look at the costumes. <laughs> Actually, here's the funny thing, because uh, it was a Suicide Squad movie, they had a Joker in it, too. The guy he got to play Joker in the movie is actually way better in the few talking scenes he has than Jared Leto was. Really? Like, he's doing a more comic-accurate Joker, or at least the Joker from the trailers, not the Joker we actually got in the movie. The actor who played him, he was actually so good I had to look him up. His name was Tommy Pistol. Because, you know, because porn star, that's going to be his name. But shockingly, Tommy Pistol doesn't just do porn movies. Apparently, he also does, like, independent cinema and, like, horror movies, too. So he's, like, an actual acting porn star. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. the, the big crescendo of the piece was, of course, a three-way between Batman, Harley Quinn, and the Joker. <laughs> to where I'm like, you know what? If they did this in the comics, I bet this would help them work through a bunch of their issues. That really, <laughs> they wouldn't be fighting anymore. <laughs> no, that's the Batman finale that we really deserve. That's how his career is going to end. Not in a fight with Superman like in Dark Knight Returns. That's how Batman's career is really going to end in a weird, sloppy three-way. <laughs> Well, you know, if Scott Snyder implied what he implied when he wrote the Joker in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And somewhere Dick Grayson's like, uh, this is kind of weird, Batman. He's like, get out of here, Dick. You, me, and Catwoman have a session later. That'll help <laughs> nah, us he'd, he'd want one with Babs. Oh, that'll help us work through our issues. <laughs> Come back next time for that one. <laughs> and somewhere Axel Braun's like, ooh, that's a good idea when I do my version of Killing Joke. I'm going to be sure to write that. <laughs> And I'll get the finest actors. I'll get Tommy Pistol back again. <laughs> so thank you, Axel, for uh, liking our show. And maybe this will get back to you, too. Maybe we can make this happen, Matt. Maybe we can make this a thing. What's What's the time differential in L.A.? Because we talk a big game about getting guests, but then I'm reminded what the time differential is because we do this show so late. I'm looking it up now. At the moment, it's like 8 o'clock. Okay, that's not bad, because I was going to say the Comic Multiverse might be the latest recorded uh, comic book podcast out on the net, because, you know, because we don't have bedtimes, because we're hardcore like that <laughs> on the coast that we're on. So don't be shocked if in the future you'll get, like, Comic Multiverse featuring Axel Braun. <laughs> Which, shockingly, as I found out, not his real name. Much like a superhero, he has a moniker. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Porn stars and superheroes, man, they all put on amazing costumes, take new identities, fight crime, <laughs> I assume, in their off time. <laughs> Maybe. That's the thing that happens, right? Hot huh, Jenna Jameson. You didn't hear about all those muggings on the subway that Jenna Jameson stopped single-handedly? <laughs> you didn't hear about that meth lab that was broken up by Liz Vicious and Nina Hartley? It's a whole big thing. You didn't read about these? <laughs> And now here's the thing where Joel outs himself just by mentioning all the porn stars' names that he knows. <laughs> Ron Jeremy actually tried to make it into the police academy, but he couldn't do it. So instead, uh, 
Too too bad he's not in the game anymore. He would have made a good penguin. Oh god! Oh my god! I, he will come out of retirement just for that. No, but figures he's an actor as well. He is. He is. He does act. Look. Okay. So Affleck for the new Batman movie. When you're casting the penguin, just cast Ron Jeremy. <laughs> he's already played kind of a gangster in Boondock Saints and everything. Yeah, but though they, I have a feeling that if they ever do the Penguin in the new movies, he'll be like the one in the Telltale games. Right, of course. It's a real shame Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't with us anymore. I thought he could yeah. have played an amazing Penguin in the day. Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought he would have been perfect for it. You know what's another piece of fan casting that I hear, and the more I hear of it, the more I actually kind of like it? What is it? Uh, it, it, it was for the Joker, of course, was the thing, because, you know, people are always fan-casting the Joker. But when I heard this one, I'm actually kind of like, yeah, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I had him pegged as more as, like, a Riddler. That would be fine, too. It's the scene that wins it over for me is in Wolf of Wall Street, when, you know, when he's gone from being, like, super charismatic and happy to be, like, yelling at the people who work for him. He's like, you mm-hmm. know, I need you to be warriors, warriors. I'm like, just put some clown face paint on him and make that a scene about Joker, like, haranguing his gang, and it would kind of work. Yeah. Also, yeah. his wife in that movie was Margot Robbie, who became <laughs> Harley Quinn, so it's kind of perfect. <laughs> That's what we need. We need a Joker who yells more things. <laughs> Yelly Joker 2017, which shit, given what Leto said about the movie, saying, you know, he felt like he got tricked into doing it, maybe they will be recasting the Joker next time we see him. <laughs> I mean, that was it's a, possible. That was a pretty fucking ballsy move when you think back of it for Jared Leto being like, I feel like I got tricked in this role. That's true, though he might have that. That whole thing was like, fuck, they, they can't recast me now. True. You know? Yeah, maybe he feels super confident. He's like, oh, they can't get rid of me. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Unlike unlike Josh Trank, who's like, you know what, I had a great movie a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Till they came in and pissed all over me. Like, my dog's pissed all over that house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Josh Trank's dogs are still like a, like a punchline all these years later now. <laughs> Yeah, I tranked myself out of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, oh, he must feel so bad about that. You never want to trank yourself, kids. (laughs) And with that, I think we can officially get into what we read this week. It was a lighter week, but there were some good books. They were. I actually got finished everything before this podcast. I still have videos to actually go up, but I've got finished. I got mostly finished everything. What didn't I read yet? I didn't read Harley Quinn, and I didn't read Iron Man. Oh, I read Iron Man, so I can talk about that. Apparently it was quite good. It was a tie-in. It was, and I don't think a lot of people will like it because it was mostly talking. Really? Yeah. That's what it does big, best, though. One big fight scene, and it was a flashback to when uh, Iron Man and War Machine fought Crimson Dynamo in Paris. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a And flashback. they even flashbacked Demon in a Bottle. Oh, holy shit. That does sound because like a winner. This is, the, this is the issue where they have Rhodey's funeral. And, um, Again. Yeah, and Tony doesn't go go to it or anything, and he's just sitting there remembering his friend and everything, and he doesn't know what to do now that his friend is dead. That sounds like the sort of great shit that should actually have been in the comic. Yep. <laughs> Especially weird considering Bendis is writing that event and writing Iron Man. You would think he would write Iron Man the best stuff in the book that he's writing. Yep. <laughs> Ironically, similar stuff happened with Bendis during uh, original Civil War when he had that whole bit about Tony coming to like claim Steve Rogers' body and like talking about was it worth it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's kind of like framed like that as well, like the top-down shot of the body covered by a cloth. Oh, really? Him sitting next to it and everything, and he holds like Rhodey's helmet and everything. And oh, jeez. I mean, I was already gonna read it, but if I wasn't, you freaking sold me on it already. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, did you read Batman this week? I did. This is uh, something I've noticed about the sixth issues of these DC Rebirth comics, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. The sixth issues are kind of like, uh, kind of like buffers, kind of like bookends. Yeah, epilogues. Epilogues. Yeah, this is definitely what I would call this—an epilogue. We're dealing with Gotham Girl again, who has gone completely fucking insane since we saw her mm-hmm. last. She yep. shaved her head like Eleven from Stranger Things. She's running around in a tattered costume. Yep, and she's fight, fighting the most ridiculous villains. Who are all real. Captain Stingray yep. is real. The Blimp is real. I thought they were made up, but they're not. They're totally real. Yep. Like some, Kite Man. <laughs> oh my god, Kite. Can we talk about Kite Man for a second? Why did his costume look so good? Why did Kite Man get such a great redesign? I know. It makes me think maybe he's going to be an all-star Batman. Oh, that would be great. I would also put him on the Suicide Squad right now because he's such a weirdo. Yeah, and, and his costume isn't really that bad. Like, all it is is like a, a parachute sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's it. It's like Parachuter meets Power Ranger. Can we say, too, that Kite Man has by far the greatest dialogue in this comic? <laughs> he just says his name, Kite Man, Kite Man, Kite Man, hell yeah. <laughs> he punches a woman in the face to steal her jewels, then Kite Man's out of there. I'm like, oh my god, I want to read more about Kite Man. It was so great. He was amazing. And you know what? Even Batman was amazing in this issue, too, because we actually get to see a warmer, softer, more fatherly side of Batman that we don't see all that often. Yeah, and he goes so far as to reveal his identity to Gotham Girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was really well handled because you see Batman faced with a situation where he doesn't quite know what to do. Where he's like, should should I stop her? She's technically not hurting anybody except for herself. Should I, D- Duke? What should I do in this situation? Duke, tell me what to do. Yeah, he even turns to Alfred and is like, "What did you do in this situation with me? Like, how did you get in contact with me when I was in this situation?" Yeah, it's it's what was cool about this first Tom King story. And it was a slow burn, but I like that Gotham and Gotham Girl kind of forced Batman to hold up a mirror to himself and kind of examine himself for a change. Mm-hmm. Where usually every other Batman story is Batman examining the villains and how he re- or how they relate to him. Now it's the other way around. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch, actually. And he even says with Alfred, was like, Alfred, was I weird like this when my parents were killed? And Alfred's like, Master Bruce, you wear a bat suit and beat people up at <laughs> night. You're very weird. He's like, oh, point taken. Uh, fair enough, butler. I'll, butler, I'll butt you one. <laughs> when I get back to the cave, someone's getting the belt. <laughs> I, I like to imagine Batman has the same relationship with Alfred sometimes that Archer has with Woodhouse. <laughs> Alfred, go to the store and pick up some sand for me to rub in your eyes. I don't know if they grade it, but, you know, get it ungraded. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that one was solid. Uh, from Batman to Superman, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, don't you, Matt? Oh, my God. This is one of the best issues I've read so far. Nailed it super hard. It's everything I want from a Superman story in just a couple pages. Yeah. Uh, it was the end of the Son of Superman story, and mm-hmm. it was really the reveal of 
the Superboy as yes. well as the reveal of the Superman. Yes, it absolutely was. And in fact, they take an image from Superman number one with Superman standing by the American flag and Apollo 1 and everything. Like, oh my god, they've recreated that shot. That, that, whole, that whole sequence, it was so ridiculous, but it was... It was something that only Superman could pull off. Yes. Like if it, you saw stuff like this in like a uh, Batman book or a Green Lantern book, you'd be like, "That's totally ridiculous." But like Superman getting the key to the city and everything, like that's something only Superman can have and do. The, the the irony being they've actually done the recreation thing. Remember in Zero Year, Snyder quite literally recreated yeah. the cover of Batman number one. It's nice to see Superman get a similar treatment here. Yeah. How how good does it feel to? To have a world that loves Superman and Superman loves him in return, isn't that nice? It is nice. Didn't you also think it was a little sly for people when they see Superman come back? They don't go, oh, it's a new Superman, or oh, why is he older? They're just like, hey, everybody, it's Superman. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that he's meant to sort of look older, because remember, he's like Kryptonian, he doesn't age right. like a human, so he probably just seems like maybe a couple of years older, and they can't really tell the difference, maybe. Hmm. I will admit, as much as I like this comic, it did have a bit of a discontinuity thing. And when we talk about Aquaman, I'm sure we'll talk about it deeper, too. Where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, so this is the moment Superman shows to reveal himself to the rest of the world. Even though in Justice League and in Action Comics, he was out in the world doing stuff. But this is the first time? It's very strange like that. No, well, I think in like the Justice League and all that books, he was he was doing stuff, but he was never... like seen quote-unquote like he was doing always really fast and everything and no one has ever like had time to see him or like write stories about him because they don't know what saved who and everything and well in action comics yeah. they had to have seen him oh yeah that was definitely like his well they didn't know who he was and they still don't know who he was because they got that clark kent there and i guess they don't know what the hell's going on there were there were some layers of obfuscation going on it is cool to see uh little jonathan finally take the mantle and be introduced as like this is Superboy and I was really expecting like it would ruin the greatness of the moment I wanted Batman and Wonder Woman to be like hey isn't there already a Superboy what happened to Connor and Superman to be like shut up everybody <laughs> I don't know that Connor yeah I, exactly that's the thing too it's funny this Superman went out of his way to be like you know oh hey uh well no I guess he hasn't met Supergirl yet either has he no and I'll talk about that when we talk about Supergirl oh perfect perfect dovetails quite nice yeah I guess the Superman hasn't met any of the other members of the super family you would think that would be on his list of things to do track down super family <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know why he hasn't yet. <laughs> I mean, I guess he has his own family he's got to deal with, but, like, when you're Superman, that'll take, like, what, ten, t ten seconds at most? <laughs> and, I, and I guess he's had, like, so much shit in these plays. He's had the Eradicator, he's had to fight Doomsday, he's had this Mass Effect Reapers or whatever the hell's uh, going on in Justice League. Exactly, whatever's happening in Justice League, you said it perfectly, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another book that came out this week, uh, have you been keeping up with Nightwing there, Matt? No, I had to drop it. Nightwing, oh, well, this was another really solid, cool issue. There's actually a lot of movement going on. Obviously, of course, this arc involves uh, Nightwing and his new buddy Raptor uh, infiltrating the Court of Owls and trying to break them up from the inside. This one, Nightwing gets fed up and says, screw it, we're doing it tonight. We're doing it live, Raptor, we're doing it tonight. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to steal the book of secrets of the Court of Owls and we're going to disseminate it on the internet like Snowden. Is what We're going we're gonna to have owlleaks.com. It'll be great. It'll be great. We'll do it live. 
<laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to pick up the book anyway because it ties into Night of the Monster Men. Yep, yep, you're going to have to read it. And uh, Raptor gets hurt in this issue, and they seek to imply that Raptor actually knows more about Nightwing and his background in the circus than he's been letting on. Ooh. They also imply that uh, Raptor actually knew Dick's mom, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Are they going to have a crazy, I am your real father? <laughs> oh, God. I am your real dad. It was me, Raptor, all along. <laughs> or are they going to pull out the oh-so-classic, I'm your long-lost brother, Ted Grayson? Oh, God. <laughs> Don't you remember me, Cousin Ted? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was cool. Nightwing was a lot of fun. Also, there was a great... Like, battle of wills between Nightwing and Batman, because Nightwing comes back to the cave, and he's all triumphant and everything, and he's like, hey, Batman, aren't you proud of me? I broke up the owls. And he's like, no, because you worked with a criminal to do it. Criminals should fear us, not be working with us. And Nightwing basically turns into a classic, damn it, Dad, you've never liked my friends. Yeah, don't work with criminals. Wait here while I go work with Clayface on the other team I just made. There's 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 an amazing comeback that Dick totally should have thrown his way, and if I wrote it, I would have. It's the whole Batman being like, oh, I don't like you working with super criminals who are wanted all over the world. I wanted Nightwing to be like, ooh, Catwoman, ooh, Catwoman. Yeah, and then there's Batman setting up his own suicide squad. This man's a hypocrite. He really is. And I mean, really, for the Catwoman situation, Batman should have come back with, well, that's different, Dick. I was having sex with her. If you were having <laughs> sex with Raptor, it would have been fine. <laughs> are you having sex with Raptor? Do I need to ask that? Yeah, if you are, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay by me. Then Batman gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> it's the only time Batman ever gave me a thumbs up. It was weird. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that one uh, that one was pretty strong. I like that one. Uh, what else did you have there, Matt? Uh, as you said before, I had Aquaman issue six. Mm -hmm. The big showdown between Arthur Curry and Superman, which again, I thought was handled a little weirdly because the way I read it at least, it seemed to be like this was the first time Aquaman was meeting Superman, even though they were both on the Justice League at the same time and should have at least been aware of each other. Well, he calls him Clark and everything, and I think I think maybe this is set after the whole Justice League thing that mm -hmm. like at least this the first arc of the Justice League um, maybe so they I, sort of know each other I think they wrote it to be purposely vague so you can fit it wherever you want to fit it yeah yeah which has its pros and its cons for me you know in Aquaman it felt like more of a con than in any of the other books because you really want to know these two's relationship as they almost come to blows with one another and then eventually do come to blows with one another yeah, and it was pretty damn cool. It was a cool fight. Aquaman holds his own and is definitely being like, no, seriously, Aquaman is a force to be reckoned with. He could actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Superman for a bit if he wanted to. Yeah, and, and I, I like the dialogue they had between that, where, is, where he was kind of calling Superman out like, oh, you have your, your trinity and then your loyal followers in Green Lantern, Cyborg, and Flash, and then there's me, the weird fish guy. It is funny how Abnett is kind of building uh, Aquaman to be like the ultimate outsider of the Justice mm -hmm. League. He's the odd man out, which is kind of a cool place to put him in. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm the odd man out, but I also have more responsibility than any of you guys do because literally every breath I take, every move I make could be construed as an international incident and an act of war. Mm -hmm. They even make allusions to Dark Knight Returns, which I think is funny with Aquaman saying, ooh, so are you doing the bidding of the government now, huh, Superman? Yeah. This yeah. won't end well. 
and Mira socks Superman on the jaw too and hits him pretty far, which I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, and I like the dialogue the Chief of State has for that. <laughs> That was funny. That was good stuff. Uh, yeah, Aquaman, really strong right now. I like the socio-political undercurrents that are going on in the Aquaman book currently. Definitely some of the strongest it's been. Yeah, also, Black Manta is now the leader of Nemo after he killed the Fisher King. That's a hilarious arc that Black Manta has been having from, oh, yeah. God, my life has no meaning, to, oh, Nemo saved me. Do you want to join Nemo? No, Nemo's stupid. I hate you guys. Well, at least meet our leader. I met your leader. I think he's stupid, and I hate him, and I killed him. <laughs> I guess I'll run your stupid organization now, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Just like Emo Manta. Forget Black Manta. He's just Emo Manta. Oh, just leave me alone, everybody. I want to sit in my room and play my chemical romance really loud. You don't understand Black Manta's pain. Nor will you ever. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. I like that one. I guess while we're talking about all the six issues, too, uh, I had Green Arrow number six this week. I did. I read this one as well. Oh, you did. Weird how after the last one, they set up, you know, uh, Oliver going back to the island, but they instead go ahead with a story focusing entirely on Imiko. Yeah, well, again, as you said, like, all the six issues are kind of like an epilogue sort of thing, and this is what this one was. It was kind of like a a filler, I Mm -hmm. guess. But a necessary one, because, again, I don't know if you were reading... Uh, the Jeff Lemire run before this, but Imiko was introduced in that story and then never really got any time to develop her because it just jumped from writer to writer at that point. So she kind of got lost in the shuffle, wasn't in the run written by the show writers, but got brought back by Percy. So I think Mm -hmm. it's cool that they're kind of filling in the blanks and giving what the first couple months were like when she was living with Oliver. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Him being tough love dad, too. It's like, well, if you slam that door, young lady, I'm taking it off its hinges. And he does. <laughs> wow, I didn't think Green Air would be the sort of guy to take a door off his hinges, but he does. <laughs> they also introduced, like, the fifth version of the Clock King that we've had in comics since the New yeah, 52 started. Yeah, and he's just some guy who owns a shop and has a face tattoo. That's called the Clock King. Which, Jesus Christ, you would think in, like, Seattle they wouldn't do that near, near Green Arrow because Clock King is a Green Arrow villain. <laughs> let's, let's count all the different versions of Clock King. So there was the old man Clock King, William Talkman, who we saw in the Deathstroke book just recently. Mm-hmm. He was clearly the original because he was wearing the original, like, old school Golden Age costume. Yep. There was the Billy Talkman version, who was a black gangster version of Clock King, who showed up in the Jeff Lemire Green Arrow run very briefly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's the version who showed up with Sportsmaster in a Harley Quinn book, and now there's this new Clock King, who is also African American, but he's not Billy Talkman because he has like a mohawk and a clock tattoo over his eye. Also, Imiko met the other Clock King, but is meeting this guy for the first time. <laughs> To think, you you wouldn't guess there'd be several versions of Clock King, but there are. Yeah. This uh, this was a good story. Talk more about her relationship with her mom, Shadow. We got to see some cool Japanese Yakuza stuff. I liked it. Yeah, it was really cool. Also, this is the fill-in artist that they got. The fill-in artist is wonderful, too. Ain't that some shit, Matt? To have a beautiful... After, like, we got the fill-in artist on Earth, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like that. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have this week? Um, 
Let's have a look. Oh, I had Justice League issue four. Yeah, let's talk about this. It's getting better, but at the same time, it's just like it's not one of my favorite books to read every week or every month. I just want I just want this arc to end. Me too. Me too. <laughs> like, this is- I I've, I kind of enjoyed it because it's actually like something the Justice League is suited for it's a big world ending event that the justice league should be part of not you know oh they're fighting brainiac in metropolis let's call everyone in it's actually a a world ending event but it's it's starting to get a bit dry we've got several factions we've got to keep track of now and the kindred are different from the reapers who are different from the i don't even fucking know yeah those weird cyborg thing like that cyborg thing came out of nowhere it did and yet that was kind of the thing that almost saved it for me where it's like i'm bored i'm bored okay this isn't boring this isn't boring at all yeah, also, I think we got a little bit more hints about the whole rebirth thing because Wonder Woman is stuck in some weird, duller dimension mm. and she's talking with these spirit things and they're talking about getting prepared for the beginning of the end yeah. of something. I assume they meant the alien invasion, but yeah, it could mean the other thing too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cyborg, and we were too, I guess you didn't pick up Cyborg Rebirth number one this week, did you? Nah. Didn't bother. I did because I was short of comics, so I'm like, okay, guess what? Cyborg's getting reviewed then. <laughs> it's about as good as you would think a cyborg book would be. Yeah. And that is they, again, retell his entire origin because that seems to be the only story they can tell with him. Mm-hmm. Weirder still, the origin story that they retell is more about his father than it is him. Right. Yeah, they tell it from his point of view, and they kind of reframe his relationship with his dad and relate it to his mom dying of cancer and everything. And then he fights a malware monster, and he beats it because he's, he's got elite hacksaw skills. He's got the updated Windows security. and <laughs> he's, got, he's got the new cutting-edge iOS. He's, he's got, like, a friggin' iPhone 7 just hot glued to his taint. He's got it all. <laughs> Man, this has really been a taint-tacular show, hasn't it? I've made two taint jokes this episode. It has been. I don't know why my mind just went to taint. I guess I just thought taint was funnier than butthole. <laughs> but yeah, so he does that, and then they reveal at the end that there's like a new villain who's watching over him, who apparently not only has it out for him, but every cybernetic character in the DC universe, including, like, Cyborg Superman and the Metal Man. But not Robot Man, though, because Robot Man and those guys are off in another universe now. (laughs) Even though Robot Man totally hung out with the Justice League of America. Yeah. So, yeah, that was was Cyborg. It It was unoppressive. It wasn't bad, but it was very unimpressive. It was just there. It was just there. And yet again, it really highlights this problem where it's like, you know, so Cyborg is an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And he's on the Justice League. He's the youngest member of the Justice League. Maybe they should write some stories that deal with that. You know, maybe he feels like he isn't good enough. Maybe he resents the fact that they're all calling him boy and son and sport and everything. Mm-hmm. Yet even though he's an adult, all of his stories still come back to, Damn it, Dad, why don't you respect me? Why don't we get along? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and this is why he made sense as a Teen Titan, because he had total teen problems. Yeah, exactly. Now he's an adult who is somehow still dealing with teen problems. I don't know why they decided to put him on the Justice League. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, they wanted to add a little bit of diversity, which, you know, in fairness, they always did, even as far back as the Justice League TV show. Dwayne McDuffie was like, no, 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 we need Jon Stewart on this team, though. Because if not, it'll just be a bunch of crazy white people lording over the world in their death satellite. 
That's true, but you know, John Stewart's a badass. So. John Stewart is a badass, and everyone grew to love him off the back of that show. And even making Hawkwoman vaguely Hispanic because they got a Hispanic female actress for her. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you look back at it now, and it's like, why cyborg of all these characters? Yeah, exactly. Also, too, you know, with Rebirth and their whole, like, yeah, you know, legacy, legacy, you know, we're going to talk about legacy and we're going to make stuff the way you remember it. You know what would have endeared me and probably a lot of people to this book? Duke? Well, I was going to say, if you were retelling the origin of Cyborg, what you should have done is say, oh, and he spent some time on the Teen Titans team, though. Oh, they can't do that. No, know? they can't now because that would, that would fly in the face of everything else. But it's like, just do it. Just they, they should have like Kid Flash like just run up to him and touch him and just he just remembers because Kid Flash has got those touch powers mm-hmm. where you remember him and everything and he remembers being on the team. It's funny that everyone else remembers their time on the Teen Titans except for Cyborg. <laughs> Even loser members like Hawk and Dove remember being on the Teen Titans but not Cyborg. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. Cyborg is caught in this horrible catch-22 of like, well, we've promoted you to the big leagues, though. But people de- loved me in the farm team, though. They loved me in developmental. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it, it didn't even really make sense for him to be like put in the Justice League. He was just like, oh, he got infected by the, the mother box and everything, and oh, he's on the Justice League now. There was no like build-up to it or anything. In that, if that's the case, like, why isn't Robin a Justice League member? <laughs> the strength- why, why isn't Superboy a Justice League member? Superman's like, look, when I was inviting people to the Justice League, the pull of my invitation was so strong you got stuck in it, Cyborg. <laughs> That's why I hold up. I hold up, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, they should go see it. That Justice League versus Teen Titans movie had the strongest cyborg story in it that's been told in a long time. Yeah, he's just there with pizza. Yeah, because those writers sneakily, because I imagine no one in the comic part cleared this, they told a story about cyborg not relating to anyone on the Justice League, feeling like the odd man out, feeling unappreciated for all the work he does. Meanwhile, he hangs out with the Titans, has a great time relating to people closer to his age, saves the day, and then at the end continues to hang out with them. Yeah. I don't know why the comics couldn't take a page from that. Like, that's a good story. There's a lot of drama there. Ah, but adult on Justice League and everything. We, we can't do that, apparently. It would be weird. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was Cyborg, everybody. Cyborg continues to exist in a weird place. <laughs> uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had Supergirl issue one. Yeah, talk about this. It was pretty good. Did you read it? I, I haven't been reading Supergirl. Oh, well, th- th- this book would be kind of ideal. They, it's just this issue, uh, anyway, Steve Orlando, he just makes Kara a normal girl like she's got to deal with normal stuff so she's not used to like like she's got to she's going to be starting school soon and one of the things in schools obviously is you go for your driving test mm-hmm. so she's got to learn how to drive a car so Eliza takes her out driving and she ends up putting her foot through the floor of the car and <laughs> can't can't parallel park like everyone and you know stuff like that and she's got to deal with just teenage stuff and and because she kind of was a teenager on Krypton, she's used to, like, Kryptonian stuff, you know, where technology sort of does everything for you and stuff like that. She can't use computers and everything because mm. she doesn't understand it and everything. And uh, she's obviously got her parents now, um, from the ones from the sh- TV show. I can't remember what their names are. Dean Kane and wife. <laughs> yeah, Dean Kane and The ghost Helen of Dean Kane. <laughs> um, 
and they they've got to be her parents and everything so she's got that to deal with and um she Steve Orlando wrote a really good like um fight scene with where she fights a bunch of criminals on a train who are like wiping people's data mm. with some some device she breaks the guy's hand with her super breath <laughs> nice like the guy goes to punch her and she just breathes on his hand and it like breaks his wrist that sounds cool and then Cat Grant was there because TV show. She's a thing now. Yeah, TV show now. And yeah, she goes back to the Fortress of Solitude that's now empty since her cousin is dead. Fitting. And Cyborg Superman is there. Oh, shit. So I, I hope they, they make him a threatening villain again because he was Same. hardly ever in the New 52. It was like, a he real got that mist. Vi- He got that Villains Month book uh, where we find out that, that he's meant to be sort of like the Silver Surfer to Brainiac's Galactus. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, Cyborg Superman was a real missed opportunity. I agree. I hope they make him frightening again. Yeah, I hope he go blows up Coast City or something again. <laughs> Green Lantern, no, no, blow up my city again. <laughs> not, not again. That Parallax Demon was right. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Remember they teased that for like a couple months solid that they might be blowing up Coast City again? <laughs> I do, I do. I remember that. And I was so excited. I'm like, yes, it's going to happen again. Yes, Mongol. Yes, <laughs> War World. <laughs> Green Lantern, don't even tease me about that shit. I went into a really dark place when that happened. <laughs> and they replaced me like four different times before I eventually came back. <laughs> don't derail me for four more years. Uh, I guess I'll just lightning round the couple issues I got left because they're all Marvel titles. Now, uh, Daredevil number 11 was really cool. We're entering a really interesting sort of murder mystery story. There's an artist villain calling himself Muse who created this painting made entirely out of the blood of a hundred missing people. And while searching into that, he also made this like murder tableau of a bunch of inhumans, which means Matt Murdock is going to have to work with Frank McGee from the inhuman book. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to team up to solve this mystery. That's fitting because Charles soul writes Inhumans, and he also writes daredevil. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I would say you should probably check that one out, Matt, because it'll probably tie in nice to what's happening in Inhumans. Nice. Uh, Uncanny X-Men, probably the best X-Men comic I've read in the last little bit. They've shook off the stink now of Apocalypse War, which is nice. This was all about Magneto trying to broker a new friendship and relationship with the Hellfire Club, so he reassumes his old place as the White King. Huh. And again, I've said it before and I'll say it again, Hellfire Club is my favorite team of mutants. I love those guys. They're pretty cool. They are cool. I love that, you know, well, everyone else is arguing, you know, oh, we should live with the humans. No, we should destroy the humans. I like that the Hellfire Club is like, let's just wear frilly shirts, fucking do drugs. (laughs) And use our powers for personal gain. And I'm like, yeah, that's the team I want to be on. (laughs) Let's grow ironic mutton chops and have exquisite parties that would make Roman emperors blush with our excess and fanciness. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, boy. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> and let's invite other X-Men to join our parties, and they too will wear fetish gear, and it will be lots of fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all about this group. Thumbs up. Yeah, they, they don't do any evil stuff. They just throw rages. <laughs> rages. Oh, they do evil stuff occasionally, too. I mean, let's not forget the whole Dark Phoenix saga and everything. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not about good or evil. It's all about self-servingness, and I like that about them. <laughs> <laughs> It's totally, it's the third choice. Like, that's the thing they never tell you when you have amazing powers in comics. You can either do great good or great evil. I'm like, or I could just self-serve myself forever. Yeah. 
I mean, like, no, what, what will I do with this amazing strength? You could enter powerlifting competitions and just win every one and make a bunch <laughs> of money. Oh, what, yeah. will, what will I do with this amazing psychic power? Well, you know, you could go to Vegas and just read people's minds for their cards and, you know, just do that. Yeah. No one ever does the selfish thing. No. That th- that'd be a really cool story. Just like a guy who's got like uh, like super speed or something, and he just, he just like d- does shit for himself. Like, oh, I gotta you know go up the shops for something, and he's up there in like two seconds and back home, and you know he steals everything. And I uh, I had an elevator pitch I was kind of working on of like a guy who gets Superman level powers. And he does the completely self-serving thing for a while, but eventually, like, the government catches wind of it, and they Mm -hmm. force him to be, like, a Superman, like, they force him to be a hero. That sounds like Superman's secret identity. Yeah, a little bit like that, where it's like, no, you gotta be a hero, though, if you keep being uh, self-serving, though, it fucks everything up. Yeah. I, I would like that, like, there's some balancing force in the universe that was like, no, 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 no one gets to be self-serving with amazing abilities. You have yeah, to either use them for the betterment or worserment of mankind. Yeah, you have to do it for a little bit, but eventually it'll catch up to you, and you'll have to, like, step up to the plate. And yes, everyone, I know worserment is not a word, but I use it anyway. <laughs> Shakespeare made up words all the time that we take for granted. Don't you think I'm as good as Shakespeare? Just go edit his wiki and say he made that up. <laughs> yep, there you go. Oh, thank God for Wikipedia where all sorts of crazy shit can become true. <laughs> and uh, I also had all new Avengers. What was interesting about this is that this was yet another Civil War II time where they basically say fuck it to tying in. <laughs> the Russian government comes and tries to arrest Nadia Pym, the new wasp, Janet protects her. And then they try and reach out to the Avengers and be like, oh, Avengers, will you come and help us? But they can't help because they're all busy fighting each other now. And when Janet figures this out, it's like, well, guess we're staying in tonight. I guess we're just hanging out on the couch until all this blows over. I guess they'll pick up with our problem next week. <laughs> That's literally what it is. And I'm like, Jesus, this is Mark Wade getting, like, metatextual on this? Where he's like, you know, I had a great story about the new Wasp I wanted to tell, but I can't tell it now because Civil War Two. <laughs> So we're just going to sit here on the couch and we're literally going to run out the clock. Yeah, we're just going to wait. Oh, oh, we got the egg timer. It's on. You know, we're just waiting for it to go ding. Yep, I, I thought that was actually kind of a cool story. I like that one. Uh, and that was that was it for me for books I've read. You got anything? Uh, the last book I read was Injustice. It was its final issue. <laughs> final big finger quotes. Well, final issue before uh, the first game came, comes out and then we start on the comics for number two. That's and hilarious. It, the, the last two comics you could probably skip, but they were, they were good. They, 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 there was one I'll get to in a minute. But the, um, the last comic was just basically the opening of the game where the team oh, disappears nice. to the, the Injustice universe from, well from the good universe and everything. So it ties it up really nicely. Um, but this, the second last issue was probably one of my favorite ever. It was literally this, this good universe where Superman doesn't turn evil anything. It's Alfred's birthday. Aww. And... Uh, literally everyone is over at Wayne Manor. Uh, you know, we got Commissioner Gordon, uh, his daughter. We got all the Bat family. We got Green Arrow, Aquaman, Diana, Superman, and everything. They all turn up just for this big party, and it's just you know, it's like a pool party. Oh, that's, that's all nice. it was. 
it's that's like all it was. It's like a little palate cleanser from all the death and horror that preceded. Yeah, it, it totally was. Like especially like the last couple issues, which was like Hawkman beating the shit out of Superman, and then getting his his neck snapped and everything, and then we cut to like this. I'll uh, I'll tell you what, Matt. We might actually be able to have like a retrospective on Injustice in the future because again, I got a big fifteen-hour-long bus trip coming up. I loaded up my pad with pretty much all of Injustice that I could, so I might actually be able to read the whole goddamn thing. Oh, you will. They're, they're really short comics, and um, but it, and it goes really quickly by. Like the storylines uh, are expansive, but they go really quickly. That's good. That's good. And man, they couldn't have timed this more perfectly. Hey, Injustice is ending just in enough time for the Injustice Two comic to kick off. Yeah. Well, I don't know when that's actually starting up. I think Tom, Tom Taylor is writing it, though. Yeah, he's writing it at the moment. Uh, so I imagine maybe January or something. Which is crazy Maybe. to think he wrote it forever, then stopped, and now we'll be writing the sequel. Yeah. That's crazy. It's great. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah, we, I hope are, the game's good. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But even if it's not, the comic will probably be good. Yeah. I guess we don't even know what the story for Injustice 2 is going to be. We're seeing a bunch of characters. Is this the same universe? Is this a different universe? Well, apparently it's the same universe, because the Superman that gets... Uh, thrown in jail gets released or something huh. so i have no idea and, and like what's the deal with the armor yeah that you can change and upgrade yeah does that tie into the story or is that just some cool game shit uh, no idea i don't know either uh i guess with that everyone we can bring the show to a close man matt we talked for an hour 30 wow we're pretty freaking good aren't we yep we gave you all a jam-packed show this week with all sorts of goodies and all sorts of stuff to uh to ruminate on and enjoy throughout the week uh i hope you liked it as always be sure to like subscribe favorite check us out on social media matt on twitter uh subscribe to his channel fortress of solitude if you haven't already uh thank you so much to the patrons who made this show possible as always you will be getting the show first before anyone else if you would like to download an audio copy of the show for yourself be sure to check us out on podbean we've actually been growing pretty fast on podbean i gotta say awesome yeah we've got well over a hundred people listening to us now on podbean in fact let me let me go over there and get the exact numbers on that one if i'm going to be if i'm going to be showing off about it we have <laughs> oh we've had over four thousand downloads of our 30 shows and two commentaries uh yep. we, we have in the exact subscribers what, what was the download for last week we got 150 downloads last week 175 for the arkham commentary over 200 for uh what is it for the episode previously before that so we do okay so a lot of people are carrying the show around with them which is nice that's awesome we got we have exactly 114 people uh following us on podbean so thank you everyone who does that yeah Yeah. we we make no money off podbean downloads but it's nice to know you care enough there to actually get the app yeah it just gives us another way to release the podcast to people absolutely a way for you to listen actually shit before i go away on my trip i should remember to update (laughs) i should remember to update the podbean thing i think it's like 15 bucks a month or something like that oh really something like that i can't remember the exact number i know i haven't paid in a bit though i can (laughs) i confuse myself because i'll pay for like two months in a row and then forget about it So I should definitely do that one in the future. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you had a fun time, and be sure to listen back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. Night, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye.